Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The FT. Fix your mortgage while you can. Fears of a rate rise are growing, but some cheap loans are disappearing. Watch out for emerging risks in emerging markets, especially Brazil and China. And keep track of your savings rates, as new research shows that old accounts pay you less. All of this to come in this week's FT Money Show. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in handy, downloadable form, with the rest of the team from FT Money, Tanya Poli, Alice Ross, Hello. and Steve Lodge. Hello. And our special studio guest, Tom Beckett, Chief Investment Officer of Sigma Investment Management. Hello. So let's start with the money news. This week, new research has revealed that more than two-thirds of mortgage borrowers are worried about an interest rate rise, and 2.7 million homeowners with a variable rate mortgage would struggle to afford an extra £100 on their monthly repayments. And although the Bank of England has held the base rate at 0.5% this week for a record 22nd consecutive month, fears of an imminent rate rise are fueling demand for long-term fixed-rate mortgages. But worried homeowners need to act fast because lenders are increasingly withdrawing their best fixed rates, with Skipton becoming the latest to pull its range this week. So, Tanya, have all the good long-term fixed rates gone? It's not quite the case. I mean, we are still seeing um, a lot of rates around the sort of just under the 4% level, which is still amazingly good value for, um, you know, for five-year rates for probably the last 50 years or so. Um, but what we're seeing is um, a few of the rates um, that were quite sort of market-leading rates um, from Yorkshire Building Society and ING Direct um, were withdrawn before Christmas. And then since we've come back from the new year, we've had um, last week NatWest withdrew its um, 3.75% and increased its rate to 3.95%. So that's still quite a, you know, hefty increase. And um, we also saw this week, as you mentioned, um, Skipton Building Society withdrew its whole range of five-year fixes. Um, and it actually claimed that this was due down to like unprecedented demand um, over just the past two days. So on Tuesday, they withdrew it because of how much kind of um, increased um, you know, popularity it was with borrowers. So everyone is everyone is stampeding <laughs> for you know to, to the long term fixed rate mortgage market. It, it does seem to be that case. I think since um, since we've come back from Christmas, a lot of people have been talking about um, you know we're going to see interest rates um, rising potentially towards the sort of latter part of this year. And I think that's just kind of worrying people a bit. And obviously, we're seeing now a few more of the best buys um, disappearing. Um, so what brokers are saying actually, probably now's a good time if you want to like um, if you're considered concerned about interest rates rising, you know, lock in now and get that better rate. 
Yes, and I found this to my cost. I, uh, I tried to get a long-term fixed rate and uh, applied the day after it was mm. withdrawn. So for people who are not as foolish as me, uh, what are the best offers available? Well, First Direct still has a um, five-year fix at 3.89%. Um, that's available up to 65% loan-to-value. Um, that actually has to be taken on a full capital repayment basis. So that's um, one drawback potentially for those people who um, might want to take it out on an interest-only basis, which um, a lot of kind of maybe first-time buyers or even wealthy clients often like to do. Um, you've got both Accord, um, which is part of the Yorkshire Building Society, it's their intermediary arm, and um, Barclays Wealth are both uh, offering um, five-year fixes at 3.99%, um, up to 75% loan-to-value, and that can be taken on an interest-only basis. So there are definitely those deals around, and they are kind of hovering around that 4% mark, um, which, like I said earlier, is is definitely good value. And if you're looking to, to fix for a slightly shorter period, um, there's still some quite competitive rates um, yeah. Two, three years? Yeah, two year, three year fixes. They're all around sort of the, you know, mid two to three percent mark. I mean, most of the brokers I speak to kind of tend to say, really, if you're going to go, if you're going to go for a fix, you should go for five years because two years, I mean, you know, if we don't see interest rates rising until, you know, maybe the following year and you're going to find yourself maybe coming off your fixed rate just at the time that rates are really actually quite high. So, I mean, most people tend to be saying go for five years. That tends to be the better value and the lower kind of rate as well. So it needs to be all or nothing. I would say so, yes. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, if if you don't think that fixing for five years is a good idea, mm-hmm. could a tracker rate mortgage still be uh, an option? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's still a lot of brokers out there who think um, – over the next year or so, it's better value still to have a variable rate mortgage um, because obviously even if interest rates do rise towards the end of this year, most people are saying they're going to rise slowly. It's not going to be this suddenly like, you know, massive um, hike in rates unless, I don't know, something else comes up. You know, we never know. It's obviously an uncertain environment. Um, so there is obviously these deals where um, a lot of lenders offer switch to fix. So if you go on a tracker, you can fix, you can move to a fixed rate mortgage um, free of charge. Um, so you don't pay any kind of um, ERCs. Um, the other thing you could do if you're maybe a particularly wealthy borrower and you go through a private bank, um, Barclays Wealth was saying that they actually do allow people to kind of fix in a rate now. So they will be on a variable rate for a year, but they've already fixed in that um, the move to the fixed rate at a particular cost. So that's kind of almost locking in um, a better value fixed rate now. And for those who maybe would go through high street lenders, you've also got the option of actually um, potentially booking one of the fixed rates now. A lot of lenders actually let you to book the rate for up to six months in advance. And you don't actually have to you know, take that deal until later on. Do you so, have an option on it? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you decide not to, you, you do lose that booking fee. Um, something charged like ninety nine pounds or two hundred fifty pounds. But for ninety nine pounds, um, yeah, it could be it could be a good option. Lots of uh, lots of ways to keep your options open. Mm-hmm. Um, Tanya, thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, for details of the best five year fixed rates available, look out for Tanya's mortgage story in the money section of this weekend's FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, uh, who are the best savers in Britain and why does it pay to really keep an eye on where your savings are? First, though, emerging markets. Funds investing in the emerging markets of Brazil, Russia, India and China were all the rage last year, topping the Investment Management Association's best-selling sector list for a second month running in November with net retail sales of £337 million. 
But at the same time, new risk factors are emerging in some of these markets, which investors need to be aware of. Just last week, Brazil's government took action to prevent inflation in its currency, which could adversely affect overseas investors. And China's government has already taken monetary tightening measures to prevent bubbles developing in its fast-growing economy. So is now the time to be buying into these markets directly, or do they still offer really much better growth potential than the developed world? Alice, do you think emerging markets have become significantly riskier of late? Well, I think a lot of these risks that we're talking about, inflation, monetary policy, um, governments and uh, foreign investors pulling out their money of emerging markets, a lot of these risks have actually been around for quite some time. And people are always talking about these risks in emerging markets. Um, Brazil's move last Friday um, was possibly the start of something new. Um, and there are kind of concerns, uh, as you were mentioning, over some of the other emerging markets that they may do something similar. Um, Tom, what do you think? Do you think that there's a possibility that other countries will follow Brazil and, and should investors even be worried about that? Yeah, I think I think definitely. Um, the moves by Brazil are just the uh, intensification of a currency war that's been going on for quite a long time. Um, certainly the Brazilians are worried about the actions that the Americans have been taking through the forms of quantitative easing um, and a, uh, an almost a forced reduction in the value of their currency, which makes their exports more competitive. Now, given that many emerging markets are still very much focused on exports, um, I think we can expect you know, retaliation in the form of, um, of uh, action in the currency markets from many of these, many of these countries. Um, it makes sense for them to do so. Um, but I think that could be one of the risks that you're alluding to in the um, ever-risky world of emerging markets. And if, uh, if countries did start to do this, um, what would the real risk for foreign investors, you know, private investors in the UK really be? Well, I think the risks are, are manyfold. You know, emerging markets are always risky, and I think that's ever more so at, the, at this moment in time. The risks to investors in emerging markets could be the same risk as always there with emerging markets, which is liquidity. Um, should people start to get worried about their investments in emerging markets because of the actions of governments intervening in currency markets, you could quite easily see money being pulled out of emerging markets, creating a, another liquidity crisis so soon after we saw one in 2008. Um, previously, emerging markets um, equities have been described as Linwo, last in, no way out. Um, and I think this could be the same again for emerging markets, especially when, as you um, mentioned in the uh, in your introduction, this um, emerging markets are so popular, so hot to trot, so a la mode at the moment with global investors. Any change in sentiment could well be the biggest risk factor that there is for emerging market equities at this moment in time. And it is interesting, actually, coming back after New Year and all of the notes that I'm seeing are all about emerging markets. Mm -hmm. I mean, to some extent, this is understandable. You know, you're not getting much return on your cash in the UK. Uh, there's not much growth either in, you know, Western stock markets. So it makes sense that people are looking to emerging markets. But is there a kind of a risk when everyone is saying exactly the same thing? Yeah, I think that's um, definitely the case. I mean, people have described my resident approach as many things over the years from miserable to contrarian. Um, <laughs> I'm certainly very sceptical when everyone else is talking so positively um, about um, a certain asset class. And you have to say that about emerging market equities at this moment. I have a rule of thumb for investing that the more pamphlets and leaflets that land on my desk um, describing new funds is um, often a pretty good contrarian indicator to be looking away from those markets. And that's certainly the case with um, emerging market equities and frontier market equities. They're, um, they're cousins that we're seeing um, at this moment in time. 
perhaps a big risk for emerging market equities is that there's just better opportunities elsewhere. Um, certainly the um, valuation discount that emerging market equities had to develop markets is now gone. Um, so you might well be paying up for growth, but you're no longer getting it cheaply. And you're taking on more risks, whether it's liquidity risk, as we mentioned before, governance risk, um, or indeed just investing into an asset class that has become too, uh, too expensive in the short term. All of those are particularly prevalent right now for emerging market equities. Does this mean that you wouldn't buy any emerging market equities right now? Um, no, I think that, um, you know, realistically for our investors who like a balanced approach to investment, actually the risk can be not owning emerging market equities. Emerging markets economies really are going to be the um, economies of tomorrow and their growth have to be um, part of your portfolio. It's just about the ways you should ac- access that growth. Uh, emerging market equities is one way to do it and we can still find opportunities in some of the bigger emerging market companies that have been left behind in the rally of the last few years. Perhaps a good way of doing that is through big defensive companies with nice dividend yields. Those sort of companies really aren't very popular at the moment in emerging markets, and that's an opportunity. But in addition, you know, perhaps the best way of playing emerging market economy growth is through developed world equities. I mean, certainly you can buy into companies such as Unilever, which has got great exposure to emerging markets and didn't actually appreciate at all last year, whilst emerging markets, some of them doubled. So for me right now, the best opportunity is probably to play emerging market growth through developed world equities. Tom and Alice, thank you both very much indeed. And for more on the potential risks and returns from emerging market funds, have a read of Alice's feature in the money section of this weekend's FT and on our website at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, savings. A new national survey from HSBC published this week has shown that Londoners and Scots are the biggest savers in Britain. But Geordies and Yorkshiremen and Yorkshirewomen hold most of their savings in cash. However, being a long-term cash saver doesn't necessarily pay off, as consumer group Which has found that long-standing accounts can pay highly uncompetitive rates. So, Steve, you've been looking at both of these bits of research. How bad are some of the rates on these old accounts? Well, Matthew, as we know, there are many accounts out there paying 0.1% or less. Um, and but what which has highlighted is that accounts that you might have taken out five, six years ago, in fact, uh, that have been held without you doing anything to them, they've they are disproportionately low now. So nine out of ten are below 0.5%, two-thirds are 1.1%. Um, so the real answer is, of course, you have to be active. You have to actively manage your cash just as fund managers claim to actively manage our, our equity investments. And presumably um, with new accounts coming out, new fixed rate uh, bonds being issued, you almost have to be more active with your cash than you would with your equity or fund investments. You wouldn't, you wouldn't chop and change your shareholdings every few months, but you might have to with cash. Well, it's certainly the case that you should watch out for opportunities. Many people are expecting base rates not to rise till later this year or possibly into 2012. If there's no change, that doesn't necessarily mean no change in savings rates. There's a lot of competition out there. And every now and then, banks and building societies will come in and attack a particular market, arguably, and into the spring, it's currently ISAs, fixed rate ISAs. Um, But you're right, things like fixed rate bonds, every now and then, possibly because the funding's cheap or or because they want to get that sticky money in, they will target a particular market, classic one being last year, the the one-year fixed rate bond, which many people would find attractive because of its guarantee of a as the name suggests, a fixed rate for a year. I suppose you have to really keep tabs on when your fixed rate bonds um, mature 
and then make sure you're sort of rolling them into the best available uh, rates at that time. Absolutely. I mean, that that is one issue with fixed rates that you do get that sort of falling off a cliff effect at the end that you'll go from what could be now a one-year bond paying 3% up to near a 5% for a five-year bond. Anything that matures, you'll then typically go into the worst possible account. You can imagine a sort of quarter percent or whatever as a holding account. So whatever you do, you've got to do something, whether it's finding a new fixed rate or an instant access where you can still get 3% from a Best Buy account. And just turning to the HSBC research about uh, the savings habits uh, of all of us in Britain, um, was there anything um, surprising that came out of that that you saw? Well, the the research, the new savings map of Britain, which, as you sort of said, shows up some stereotypes and possibly invents some new ones. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from it is, is frankly, because the research was just of people saving, not of people who don't save, because there's a whole bunch of those as well as we know. But even of people saving, they don't have that much. Londoners, on average, have only about £35,000. And even people in higher income households, um, people with... Uh, incomes in the household of, of, of £50,000 plus. Within London, only 16% of those have only 50000 in cash deposits. So uh, there aren't many people with a lot of savings. And that's partly that partly sort of reflects the downturn when uh, certainly older people who are living off their, their interest appear to have been withdrawing capital to top up those lower interest rates to keep their income stable. Thanks, Steve. And uh, for more on the worst and indeed the best savings rates currently available and that savings map of Britain that we've been discussing, look out for Steve's analysis piece in the money section of this weekend's FT. But that's all for this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you'll find weekday news updates and all of these stories on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And if you have a question that you'd like us to answer about any aspect of your finances, just email us. The address to send your questions to is money at ft.com next week we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form but until then it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from steve tanya alice and our special guest tom beckett from sigma investment management goodbye goodbye for more downloads go to ft.com forward slash podcasts small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.